And we are live. It is Rob Keens with GoldSilverPros.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining the channel. Oh, I got through getting away from Canada, and it was Escape from Vancouver. It was a lot of fun. I think we're going to make a movie on it, uh, much like the Escape from New York and L.A. here in the United States. Movies. I do an Escape from Vancouver. That was a heck of a trip. It is February 3rd, 2023. This is a very special Friday evening live edition here on the channel we're doing a sound check sound check make sure sound is good i got sound we are rolling ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining the program thank you jake's custom parts for being here indsov 2010 for being here neil hans dynasty ag47 is here we've got some silver lovers in the house thank you everybody for joining as i said a very special friday live stream for a couple of reasons, I was stuck and couldn't get content out, so I wanted I wanted to make sure we got a video for you guys today. But also, I saw this morning gold and silver just being monkey hammered, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And then, of course, first Friday of every month, we get the payroll report, non-farm payrolls, and it is the most important economic data point from a trader's perspective, not only in gold and silver, but every market, because it indicates how well the economy is doing. Consumers who have jobs and spend are 72% of the economy. So as jobs and consumers go, so does the economy. That's why it's so important. And I call it a fake jobs report. And I'm going to show you where the BLS basically admits to all of the stuff uh, and all the adjustments it's being uh, accused of on Zero Hedge and independent analysts and by myself and other people that look at it. And they're seeing it as, hey, this is just the way we do stuff. And we're seeing it as, yeah, but you're not reporting the data in a way, one, that's apples to apples comparison, but two, allows people really to know sort of what the heck is going on there is a poll up ladies and gentlemen and it's a simple one today buy or sell the metal on the news do you buy the news do you sell the news for me with the gold slam i buy the news it's an opportunity to get in this is a common concept in markets when you have bad news buy 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 because that bad news unless it's really something foundational is probably not going to hurt uh the metals long term and i'm going to show you some data on exactly why this is the case remember super chats are open if you're interested throw that super chat down there and i guarantee i'll answer your question remember i do this uh on my own full-time and no longer have a full-time job so anything that you do in terms of super chat or joining the channel as a member to support the program definitely helps us and helps us uh, put this content out i do have employees that work for me and we do do a professional job and uh, we do appreciate the support on the channel so we're going to go through this jobs report and at the end i have a special message for you guys with regards to the, the community as a result of my last week in Vancouver. And we'll get to that here in just a few moments and I'll explain what the heck I mean by that. But here we go. Let's get into the jobs report data and show you why it is absolute balderdash. Here's the jobs report, a blowout of 517,000 gain in US employment in January. That is the biggest, I think in six or seven months, it's brought official unemployment down to 3.4%. These are the industries that did the best down here, government, leisure and hospitality, education and health professional services, a little bit in financial uh, information like tech where I used to work is down the most just this particular month. Transportation is up. U utilities is down low, but I'd call that even. It's not much. It's less than a percentage. Wholesale manufacturing, construction, all that stuff. So uh, it, it's interesting what they say here on, on Market Watch. One caveat, the government's formula to adjust for seasonal swings in hiring sometimes exaggerates employment levels in January. It's unclear whether it was the case last month. Well, no, it's not unclear. Why don't we talk about it? So there are two things here, ladies and gentlemen. Let me come off screen for just a moment. There are 
come off share. There are two things that affected these numbers. Now, it is true in January that we get a rosy print on the jobs numbers because the NAICS and the BLS, two government agencies, do a reclassification of jobs. And through that, they do an adjustment to the numbers. So you too tend to get an upward tick, an upward seasonal adjustment, a yearly seasonal adjustment in the January numbers. That's normal. It doesn't necessarily reflect reality on created jobs. They're just trying to seasonally adjust the reports over time to account for all job classification changes and other things that go into it. That I kind of understand. I don't like numbers with a lot of seasonal adjustments. I just want you to have a measure that counts the jobs and, and simply does it. But the way that the government puts this, this information together, the way they gather it is not really super precise. And so they have to do seasonal adjustments because it's an estimate. And I'm going to show you that it's an estimate. And that's why you shouldn't pay too much attention to the jobs reports because the BLS has, a, let's say, a lot of flex in, in their precision. And we're going to get into that. The second change, though, and what, what made this one such a blowout jobs report of 517,000 jobs, which is, you know, the, the financial pundit media is, is running away with is the fact that the BLS went back and, and changed the way that they calculate the data and went back and retroactively in the past, just adjusted all the employment numbers, not only for January, all the way back. They basically are saying, we're adjusting our formula. And I've gotten the BLS webpage that explains how and why they did that. And I'm going to show you that the BLS is admitting, yeah, we've got flaws in our design. So in other words, and they're not counting them as flaws or just saying this is the way it is. In other words, it's a government agency that's done things a certain way. They're always going to do things a certain way. And they've lost the ability to be critical of themselves and step back and say, is this the right way? Is this really giving us the information we need? And as time goes on, the problems that they've had in their surveys and things is starting to rear its head. So I wanted to talk to you about that. We'll get into that. So let's dive into the data. Um, there is a quote. Oh, before we do that, there is a quote from... Uh, Bloomberg chief economist Anna Wong. So Bloomberg's chief economist Anna Wong has already come out and said the January jobs report showed extremely robust growth, higher than the estimate in the Bloomberg survey. But if it seems too good to be true, that's because it is too good to be true. The gain is mostly due to seasonal factors and revisions to past data. The Fed won't place too much weight on this report in formulating policy, likely, she says. So the Fed knows that the data is not super precise. The public doesn't know, and that's why I'm coming to tell you. So don't expect the Fed to change their stance on raising rates because of this blowout jobs report, because they understand the adjustments and they know that it was a structural adjustment in the way the data is reported. And so therefore they're not going to change their process or uh, Chief Bloomberg uh, economist and strategist, Anna Wong doesn't think that they will. And I happen to agree with her. I don't think the Fed is gonna change. I think they're gonna continue to tighten here is the big pre and post revision for the U.S. non-farm non payrolls where the BLS changed them. In blue, you have the pre-revision numbers, the one that you see every month that we've been reporting. And this orangey sort of uh, burnt orange University of Texas color, uh, you get the revision. So you can see they revised up most of these reports higher based on the new framework. So these, this is all past data dating back two years. They've done that. And then January had this blowout report for two things. One, cyclical adjustments to the annual classification, which tends to boost January job reports higher than they otherwise would be. And then also this structural change as well. And so that's basically what it is. And so I went to the BLS website and I found this webpage and they actually have this thing out uh, ex explaining why. And it's called Comparing Employment from the BLS Household and Payroll Surveys. Why are the two uh, 
monthly employment measures. I'm going to go through this really quick. There's a lot of stuff in here, but I'm going to pull out pieces that are most important for you. The thing to know about the BLS, they have two surveys, the payroll and household. And I'm going to tell you what they are. It says here, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has two monthly surveys that measure employment levels and trends. The current population survey, also known as the household survey, and the current employment statistics is the payroll or establishment. The establishment survey is the one the media reports on. The household never gets reports on, but let me explain why that's important. It says here, the payroll survey is designed to measure employment, hours and earnings in the non-farm sector with industry and geographic detail. The survey is best known for providing highly reliable gauge of monthly change in non-farm payroll employment. A representative sample of businesses in the U.S. provides the data. Now, this is just a sample, which is why this is not precise, which is why they have to do adjustments because it's a small sample. And we'll get into that in a moment. Then they also do the household survey and listen to what this is. It's designed to measure the labor force status of the civilian non-institutional population with demographic detail. The, uh, the national unemployment rate is the best known statistic produced from the household survey. It provides a measure of employed people, one that includes agricultural workers and the self-employed, a representative of U.S. households. So one is an industrial survey, one's a household survey. Well, on the surface, it says, okay, shouldn't they match? But they don't. If you look at the chart, they don't match. Now, this is the historical difference between the two. Here's the household survey in maroon. The payroll survey is in yellow. And as I highlight the two, you see the difference. That difference is the imprecision with the BLS on two of its own surveys saying our numbers from employers don't match our numbers from the employed. The household survey is the employed. The payroll survey is the employer and it's not matching. Why is it not matching? We're going to get into that in a moment. And the BLS admits this on their webpage. Now, because there was a big difference and because that news has come out everywhere and people have criticized the BLS, they've developed this new measure called the adjusted household survey where they make adjustments and lo and behold, it mirrors their payroll. Well, isn't that fun? If you just play around with the data, you can get it to say anything you want. So we don't like the fact that the households are reporting more unemployment than the companies. So we're just going to adjust our household survey down after the, after the households provide the survey data, we're going to take it, manipulate it and do this adjusted one, you know, the, the scientists at the BLS so that we can match our number because we like the payroll one better. Why? Because the payroll one shows higher employment. So the BLS has admittedly manipulated one of their own surveys to close that gap between what the employers are saying and what the households are saying. And I have to admit to you, I would rather follow what the households are saying. Another way to look at this is the ADP employment report. And I'm going to show you, you something here. If we go back to the economic calendar, ADP employment report comes out a couple of days every month before non-farm payrolls. Non-farm payrolls comes out the first Friday of the month. This is the first Friday, February 3rd. Well, ADP puts out the uh, their private payroll report on the first Wednesday of the month or the Wednesday before the first Friday, if you will. So this happened to occur on February 1st. And you can see here, here's the actual jobs created by ADP. This is actual in the left column the forecast by economists, and then December, okay? So this is January's number, ADP, 106,000. Not 517, 106. And this is from a company which processes payroll for millions of employees at companies working across the United States. Actual employed people data. To me, this is the most precise measure of employment data because you're actually taking this from employment data. You're not doing a sample of surveys. You're not adjusting that to get the number you want. You're actually looking at real employment data. 
And even though ADP employment in the last couple of months has adjusted their own methodology to more closely align with the BLS, they're still getting a different number, which tells me the BLS number is largely a, a farce. And so economists expect 190 to ADP is way below that. And then last month in, in December, we had 253, according to ADP, we're less than half of that. So the ADP, the private payroll report that has more precision to me, because it's based on real data, to me had, you know, a much different effect. We're going to go check sound one more time to make sure we're okay. Thank you, everybody. Remember, Super Chats are open. If you want to ask me a question, that's the way to get my attention. And remember, we have a poll up, buy or sell the precious metals, if you will, guys. Okay, getting back to the data. So ADP says this. Then we go down here, non-farm payrolls, and we get this. And it's like, okay, what is the problem? Well, let's go back to the BLS. The problem is, is that they want the numbers to, to show lower unemployment. Okay, you see the yellow is down here. That's lower unemployment. Okay. The, the red up here household, I'm sorry, red household is higher unemployment. And so they don't want that to say that. So it, it's, it, it basically explains here, there's a table of the differences. Now listen to the differences. Civilian population, 16 and over, non-farm. Okay, I'm fine there. Monthly survey, 60,000 eligible households, 122,000 businesses. So the payroll survey gets a little bit more people, but they're both samples. And that's why they have to seasonally adjust because... When you're sampling, you know, let's say we have 365 million people in this country, maybe 150, 200 million working age adults, something like that. And if you're sampling 60,000 households or 122,000 businesses, you're not going to have precision. It's a sample. And so that's why they have seasonal adjustments. Major outputs, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, exclusions. This includes the unincorporated self-employed. Unpaid family workers and family businesses, agricultural related workers, workers in private households, workers on unpaid leave, exclude workers on furlough. And, and that is the household survey, which I think includes a, bu a bunch of stuff you should be including. The payroll excludes all that except for the logging component. So the payroll is just getting rid of a lot of areas which would show high unemployment, unincorporated, self-employed, um, people on furlough, agricultural workers, unpaid family workers. Those are unemployed people and they're in the household survey, which I think is why household shows higher unemployment. But and then they're talking about why, what are the differences between the two surveys? And I was reading through this and I came across something that I thought uh, was very interesting. A couple of things here off the books, employment workers are paid off the books are not reported in the payroll survey. The household survey could possibly include some of these workers, but BLS cannot determine the extent to which they might be reflected. Uh, outside research uh, by N National Bureau of Economic Research provide insight and off-books employment. Also job changing. Employment estimates from the payroll survey are account of jobs, while the household survey provides an estimate of number of employed people. If a person changes jobs and is on the payroll of two employers during the same reference period, both jobs will be counted in the payroll estimates. Okay, this is the number one reason why the BLS payroll estimate, the establishment survey that all the media quotes is wrong, because if a person has two jobs, they're double counted. And we're going to show you in a moment why that's the case. The household survey, on the other hand, will simply reflect one employed person. So they're saying that the household survey is more precise, just like the ADP survey is more precise. So the household survey and the ADP survey are better indicators of real unemployment than establishment survey. But instead of the BLS relying on those, it decides to go and modify the adjusted household survey to take all those out, even though they're saying the household survey is more precise in the double counting, they want to take it out so that they can continue to use that. Now, why would a government agency decide 
to purposely document themselves using a less precise number on their own website for the whole world to see and then count that as the one in which the government uses and we make all of our decisions on economic policy and on taxes and all that stuff. Continue reading. If a if rate of job-to-job -job movement changed substantially in a given time period, it potentially could impact trends. Let me make this a little bigger for you guys. Produced from the payroll survey. An acceleration in the rate of job changing was considered a possible factor in the employment divergence between the two surveys in the late 90s. Okay, so they've been running this for forever. Uh, there's more to it than that. There's the part-time. So people do digging. This was from Zero Hedge. You can see it quoted down here. Zero Hedge decided that, oh, full-time jobs has fallen. This is from the, the BLS data. Part-time job, I'm sorry, full-time jobs is falling. Part-time jobs is going up. If you also count the fact that we've got double counting here, so let's go back and look at off the books employment and double counting. Double counting means what's likely happening here is that people aren't getting the full-time jobs they need. Those are falling. So that they're increasing the number of part-time jobs that they have. And according to the BLS, they can't count those. They have no way of doing it. The household survey would reflect that. The ADP payroll survey would reflect that because they're going to have it. The establishment survey does not, but the establishment survey is the one that's imprecise and wrong, according to the BLS, on their own website. And But everybody wants this number. This is the manipulated number that's not right. The BLS confirms it's not right. At least it's not right in terms of measuring actual employed people the way it should be done. And that's also why you get labor force participation rate being so so low as a percentage of the population when unemployment numbers look so rosy. We are not at 3.4% unemployment. If you want to know what unemployment, we look at labor force participation rate. Here we go. And we're going to get that. And we'll get the Fred probably in the first link. Here we go, Fred. And labor force participation rate has not recovered. The last time is about 2000. We had a high in jobs. 67.2% of eligible working adults were employed. Now we're sitting at 62%. Well, wouldn't that say that 37.8% of eligible uh, people are not employed? But if you look at the jobs numbers from the BLS, it's only 3.4. Why 3.4 here, but we're measuring it here and it's 37.8? Well, gee, I don't know. It could be all this garbage here. It could be the fact that these are different that the labor for that the establishment survey excludes all of these unpaid workers and that they essentially flub the numbers on purpose to meet what what they want to be the quoted number they want the payroll number to be quoted even though we know it's not anyway i just thought i would go through the table of statistics uh, from january last year we had this many full-time workers and here's it's been a slight increase but if you look at part-time here's part-time it's gone up a lot more so part-time is going up a lot Full-time is not going up a lot, and that really tells you the story of what's going on. And all of these statistics and charts tell us the story of what's going on. And that's why, coming back to Bloomberg Chief Economist Anna Wong, who was quoted today as saying, the January jobs report showed extremely robust growth, higher than the highest estimate in the Bloomberg survey. The January jobs report, meaning the establishment survey, which we've just identified as being the least precise of all of them, the one we shouldn't be using, according to the BLS's own fucking website, <laughs> excuse my language. She goes on to say, if it seems too good to be true, that's because it is too good to be true. The gain is mostly due to seasonal factors and revisions to past data, and it's due to imprecision in the measure. And so therefore, she says, the Fed likely won't place too much weight on that and formulating policy. And she is absolutely 100% 
correct on that. All right, looking back at the poll, 94% of you say buy the medals. And I totally agree with you on that. We should buy the medals. There we go with the ending of the poll, 94 to 5%. You guys nailed it. Let's do a sound check. And I think the sound is good. We're good, ladies and gentlemen. I do not see any super chats. Nobody chatting. Uh, I do see some questions here. Oh, hey, Peter Frein. Thank you for joining us as channel moderator and riding shotgun. Ah, so True Grit says, so why do they take down the metals? Are they buying? Because traders look at non-farm payrolls. And so what happens is when traders see this really robust jobs report at 517, they immediately start dumping the metals because like we don't need flight to safety. So let's go more to risk assets. So they take their money out of the gold and silver market and they go to risk assets. And that's why it gets slammed. Okay. But if the real jobs report had come out ADP and it was only 106,000 and that was less than half of December and about half of what economists expected, you would see gold and silver going up. But that's the real number. And the household survey is the real number because they don't double count jobs and they count the differences between part-time and full-time and all that kind of stuff. And the BLS doesn't. The BLS is putting forth a number it knows is not precise because for the last 40 years, that's the same number they've always used and they don't want to change. It's just a government agency that won't change. And when the numbers don't match and when it, it appears that their methodology is broken, all they do is go and change the methodology because they don't want to go back and admit that their survey had been wrong for 30 to 40 years. The government doesn't want to do that. So they just flub the numbers and that's what they do. And by the way, the stock markets were getting slammed this morning. Let's see what CNBC is. When I did my market uh, report about 1.30 earlier, all, they were all red and they still are. I mean, the Dow Jones, the S&P, the NASDAQ were all down. Uh, the cryptos were getting slammed early. Let's see what Bitcoin's doing. Yeah, it's down 371 points, about one and a half percent. All the rest of them are too. The bonds, let's see where the bonds are. Are they green or red? Bond rates are going up. That's an indication of risk. So the two-year bond rate is up 0.197%. The 10-year is up 0.121. Still in yield curve inversion, um, indicating uh, yield curve inversion, indicating that we're headed toward a recession, which I think we see in the data as well. So I think that pretty much tells us where we're going in the economy. It's not going to be robust. And I think that's part of the issue. Now, it is time to talk ARC Silver, ladies and gentlemen. We do have a very special uh, partnership with ARC Silver to provide you guys with the ability to get cheap gold and silver, cheap premium gold and silver, good gold and silver, but cheap premium gold and silver. And I'm going to show you how to do that. And I'm going to give you the deals that Ian has for us today. You guys are going to love it. We got deals for you, but you can only get those through gold and silver pros. I just talked to Ian about an hour ago. And he says, these deals I'm about to show you, you can only get by doing exactly what I'm about to show you. And that's simply to go to our website, goldsilverpros.com. Click on more on precious metals, scroll down to Arc Silver right here, click on access deals and fill out this form and go chat with Mr. Ian, send Mr. Ian an email, make sure that you whitelist his email and uh, whitelist his uh, phone number there in case he contacts you, fill out the form and the deals that he's given you are thus, let me read them to you. He has one kilogram silver bars at 195 premium over spot. He has... And the following are different. So the one thing that's 195 is the one kilogram silver bars, 195 an ounce over spot. The rest of these are 333 over spot. They include silver maples, Britannias, Armenian Noah's Arcs, Philharmonics, kangaroos. Those are all silver. So all of these are silver. So I'll read it again. One kilogram silver bars, $1.95 per ounce over spot. The rest of these... 333 per ounce over spot, which includes government minted coins, silver maples, Britannias, Armenian Noahs, Philharmonics, and kangaroos. Getting government minted coins for 333 over spot on silver 
is not a bad deal. Ladies and gentlemen, I could think of worse deals for you. So if you're interested in that, go to our website, click on precious metals deals, click on arc silver, fill out that form. That's the only way guys that you can get it. You cannot get it any other way. And I think it's a pretty good deal as I'm looking at silver Eagles on other websites. We're looking, Oh my goodness gracious. Other websites have silver Eagles for anywhere from 15 to $18 over for uncirculated. Um, I'm trying to look at the entire market for silver Eagles. Uh, even the circulated ones, common date are going for holy cow. 35 to 36 dollars silver's at 22.23 i'm looking at 10 to 13 dollar premium on silver eagles i'm not i must be on the wrong site um let me look at a couple other sites for you just to to see what we got wow that's super high premium he's got them for 333 let me go over to atmex we're going to go to silver we're going to go to american eagles and see what atmex has got them silver american eagle coins um 35. Yeah. Everybody's selling their silver Eagles for about 35. And let's go look at the Maple Leafs. Um, the Maple Leafs, you're looking at 29, 30 bucks. You've got a $6 premium on those. Uh, what was the other thing he mentioned? He also mentioned he has on sale Britannia's. Let me go look at Britannia's real quick. That would be the Royal Mint Britannia coins. Those are 28 57. So most of these coins are either six to $13 over spot at a couple of major online dealers and right now ian has them for 333 over spot i'm not sure you're ever possibly going to break that deal and again let me make sure i got sound here oh we got sound that was loud okay on Amer on uh government issue coins silver maples britannia's american i'm sorry Ar armenian noah's arcs austrian philharmonics kangaroos all 333 premium over spot and one kilogram silver bars, 195 over spot. Let me see what those are online with a lot of guys. The one kilogram silver bars. Give me just a moment and I will tell you and we'll tell you how good of a deal that is. You're not going to get that deal with anyone else. Silver bars. Let's go for the kilogram bars. Kilo silver bars. I'm looking at Sunshine Mint. Um, ooh. What is it? Per ounce over spot. I'm trying to calculate this. It's a lot more over spot. Yeah, it's a lot more over spot. You're not getting a dollar ninety-five online. If you go to a lot, uh, a lot of guys right now selling those one kilogram bars, you're not getting a dollar ninety-five over spot, and you're sure as hell not getting these government issued coins for thirty-three thirty-three over spot. American Eagles right now are about thirteen dollars over spot. So if you want American Eagles, Ian at Arc Silver, only through Gold Silver Pros is going to get you those at about a $10 discount. And again, I'm going to put this up on screen as to how you get it. Uh, this is a killer deal. Uh, you go here to Gold Silver Pros. You go down to Silver Deals. You click on Access Deals and go here. This is the only way you can get it. It's going through there and mentioning Gold Silver Pros. If you don't mention Gold Silver Pros or come through the web form, you will not get that deal. You'll get a different deal. Um, and, and that's amazing deal that we have really cheap silver. Just to summarize, to end this up, guys, special Friday edition. Thank you guys for joining us on Friday. I did get out of Vancouver. It was Escape from Vancouver. Um, and uh, that, that went pretty well. And finally, back in Dallas, got in late last night. Uh, so I wanted to do a special live for you guys today. Sunday night, our weekly market wrap-up, it's already recorded. And then the hopper and being edited will come out.
and then we'll go back to our normal show schedule next week. Non-farm payrolls, we proved what a farce that is, but because the government and the media likes to use the same number regardless of the lack of precision. And what that does is it leads to misallocation of capital in the markets right now that leads to a buying opportunity for in gold and silver. And if you add the, the cheaper price in gold and silver right now to the ridiculously low premiums that I just gave you from Ian that you can only get here, I believe we will be the cheapest gold and silver in the market. Gold, silver pros right now, I believe on those deals for those coins and those bars is the cheapest in the market right now. I don't see anybody being even remotely close. So if you're wanting to buy the dip on weakness right now on a fake jobs report, go over to Gold, Silver Pros, sign up. Ian will contact you and get you that. Uh, lastly, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the community. Uh, it has come uh, to my attention recently. Sorry about that, guys. I dropped my uh, camera lens cover. Um, it's come to my attention that there is a bit of a scandal going on uh, and I'm not going to talk specifics and please do not discuss this in chat. We'll delete it if I see it. Uh, please do not talk specifics, but there's a little bit of a scandal going on in our industry. And I just wanted to address that for a moment. Uh, my promise to you guys and the reason I started this is because uh, I wanted to provide information to the people, but we want to do it with integrity. And uh, we always want to be honest and transparent. And I can promise you guys that we will be. That is my promise to you. Um, essentially, I'm one of you. I'm one of the people. You know, we are the people together and I'm part of you. And so I would never betray that trust with you and my community, because if I did, I'd be betraying myself because I am one of you. And when we started Gold Silver Pros, I started it in mind with educating people. And we have had a commercial relationships on the program. We've divulged all of those, including Arc Silver. We do get benefit of Arc Silver um, when, and I'm gonna put his banner up on here to remind you guys to go get those killer deals. Yes, we, we do get money to help support the program from that. Uh, it, it doesn't make us rich by any means, but it does really help. Uh, we do have a membership here on YouTube. We have had sponsors come on the show. We've always been honest and upfront about that. We always will be. We're going to be issuing a transparency statement on our website, which further details that so that you guys know. I will never hide or not disclose a financial relationship or a commercial relationship with one of our sponsors or affiliates. I will always tell you who they are. There'll never be anything untoward or hidden from that for you guys. We want to make sure that you guys know ways that can help the program that can also benefit you. And we want you to know when somebody's coming on the program to help promote their product or company, we're always upfront about that. And I wanted to let you guys know that a hundred percent, you guys are gold silver pros. We, the people collectively are gold silver pros. And that's what this show is meant for. Uh, this is not meant to, to be an advertising platform for other commercial enterprises, though we do bring people on that we think can help. But I think going forward, we're going to, we're going to examine all of our commercial relationships. We're going to report on those to you. We're going to hundred percent transparent for you guys. That's my promise to you. And we will always be that way. And we're very sincere in that mission. So look next week for some additional information. Uh, what I would do for, if I were you to get that information is uh, we'll announce it, but go, go to goldsilverpros.com, go down to the bottom and sign up for our free newsletter. Every Monday, uh, my team puts out a free newsletter of stuff that you guys want to see. It includes our affiliates, our commercial relationships, but our content as well. We are going to issue a special one next week. I don't know if it's going to be Monday, but we'll issue a special email in the next week talking about transparency and issuing that statement, as well as the deals get emailed out there also. So if you're looking for the deals, you know, the precious metals deals, you want to be on that email as well. Just go to goldsilverpros.com, go down to the bottom where it says free newsletter. Just put a name and an email. We don't need anything else. We do not spam you. Usually it's once a week when occasional special announcement, and that's just about it. But my promise to you guys is I will always be transparent. I will always be up front. I'm here for you uh, always. 
you guys are my community. I love you guys. Uh, so that's going to do it today, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, I appreciate you guys very much. God bless. Grace and peace. You guys have a wonderful weekend. And we will be back with you next week. Until next time, Rob K.